Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What's up, everyone? And welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Thomas Olsen, the developer behind Olia. Thanks for joining. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, first off, Thank you for coming on today. Uh, I've seen the game a couple of times in different shows, different trailers, uh, and I, I always wanted to get more insight, so I'm glad you could be here. But uh, we always like to start this off with the actual creators first. So before we get into the game, let's dive into you. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into the game space. So um, I'm, a, I'm a French, uh, I'm a French developer who's uh, we are. I mean, I'm based in Japan. We the studio. Skeleton Crew Studio is based in Japan, so am I. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I don't really have a any um, industry background actually. Oh wow! Um, okay, cool. So this is your first like official game that you're you're creating then, yeah? Oh yeah, is my second game. Yeah. Uh, oh first okay. One okay. Was released a few years ago. It's called Backslash. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a um, um, proper game industry background like some other. Um, indies. I, I just <laughs> I, I come from a, a musician family in France, okay. and I'm and I haven't really studied anything really. Um, I've been I've been doing games since I'm a kid on um, RPG Maker and stuff like that. And uh, I've I've came to Japan for non-game reasons, and uh, after doing some game jams, I I met with uh, the people I'm working with now. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and so I wanted to talk about this uh, specifically because the way it's described for this game is that it's it's being produced by both Skeleton Crew Studio and yourself as the the what seems like the solo developer is so is is this you being like like as, as a side project creating this with the team or what exactly does that mean? So what it means is that uh, I am uh, a solo developer. In, in, in that um, studio. Mm -hmm. Skeleton Crew is an interesting uh, uh, place that um, there's a lot of contract works. Uh, however, uh, we're trying to, to do as much original projects as we can. Gotcha. And, and so my task in that place is to, uh, to make uh, games as good as I can by myself. And that's how we made Backslash and that's how we made Olia as well. Um, hmm. it's, a, it's a very uncommon uh, yeah. situ situation, but um, uh, it's, it's good because um, you, I mean, you, don't, you don't have the, the pressure that most of solo devs would have. Uh, making a game is a very harsh task, and right. um, 
I can't imagine if I had to worry about uh, running a company or a business at the same time. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a lot of work, right? Uh, so, so tell me, I, I want to dive just a little bit deeper. So, like, what exactly are they doing as far as the game's concerned? Like, you're you're developing it, right? So, like, are mm -hmm. they in charge of things like the marketing and, and more of like the outreach for the game? Yeah, the, the the main support is the is on the technical side. They've helped mm -hmm. me with uh, porting and uh, have a constant help um, or someone I can ask questions to if I'm stuck with uh, any any anything like a math equation I'm not finding or um, yeah anything technical they got my back mm -hmm. and uh, general help and advice if I'm in need or yeah, everything stuff like that right uh, mm. yeah that's super interesting i i don't hear of a lot of studios that are that are in this same kind of structure but um you know it it, it does it does make sense and it, it is good that you have the the freedom it sounds like to create kind of what you envision and what you're passionate about but still have that that backbone or that support just in case you need a little help right yeah yeah i mean Again, making game is so hard. I, I couldn't imagine being on my own. Actually, it's, for me, it's, it's hard to imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's people who do it, and I definitely give them credit to it. But just the same as your point, I'm pretty damn sure I would not be able to do that on my own. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about the the actual process, though, for for what you have so far. How long has this been in development? Um, I've started already. Uh, Maybe, is it three years ago? I think it's three years ago. But maybe okay. maybe three years and a half or something. Gotcha, and, gotcha. Um, yeah, it's been a bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, that's funny that you say it's been a bit too long because there's other people who I've talked to and and they, they'll say like, oh, it's been seven years or it's been like yeah. a crazy amount of time and then hearing only three years and you're like, nope, too long for me. Uh, was, this right. a, was this a full-time endeavor though? Yeah, it was always full-time. Uh, okay. When I say it's too long, you know, it's too long. That, you know, it's funny because um, a few days ago I was watching at pictures on my phone, and I I randomly saw pictures from right when I started that game, and mm -hmm. I looked I looked younger, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of terrible, but you know, it's like uh, yeah, a uh, a stressful project of uh, of sorts will will end up doing that to you, I guess. You you see it all the time with like American like U.S. presidents. If you look yeah. at what they 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 appear as from the start of their term, and then take a picture side by side and look at what they look like at the end of their term, it's always uh, like a train wreck of a difference. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> So why don't we actually talk a little bit about the game itself then? So let's let's just get kind of the the ground floor of what is this game, right? So for those who don't know anything about it, how would you describe the game and and what makes it so special to you? Um, it's an action adventure game that is about a guy called uh, Faraday who um, is lost in into a an unknown country after a shipwreck and he's trying to escape that country and go back to his homeland and uh, he finds a a legendary harpoon mm -hmm. which has um, which has very special powers and um, he has a whole journey and meets various characters including that Olia uh, lady 
which is um, uh, a, an ancient heir, heir to the kingdom. Mm. Um, so, what makes the game special to me? That's a great question. I don't think um, I don't think I, I, I was ever asked the question, but um, it's it's just a very personal game, you know. Right. Um, honestly, I don't think it has a very elaborate vision or focus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a I, I made I made this game in a very instinctive way, and I just followed right. my gut, and that also means that it has lots of uh, design problems and stuff like that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, the inconsistencies uh, of of starting something and just iterating on it can sometimes yeah, yeah it's, you know it's, you don't it's I mean it was made very organically, mm-hmm. and um, it's not like it answers to a very strong vision or. It doesn't even, you know, it doesn't even have a, a very uh, strong genre attached to it. That's why we always say action adventure because we don't know how to build it else. Right. And, um, yeah, I think what the game makes the game special for me is just that it's very personal. It's very, um, it's very, very me. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh- I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into that because I I think it's interesting, especially when you think of the different ways that people create work. So I'm very much the same way. When I look at the work that I create on a daily basis, a lot of it is very much, I just want to get in there and then just start kind of working. And then an idea will come to me as I'm building something. And then I say, oh, you know what? I could could keep going in this direction. And then I kind of like just take myself on these these paths. Like I'm very much not a person who who sits down and says, okay, I'm going to plan everything out and scope out, you know, what will happen from A to Z, right? So it sounds like kind of the same uh, from how Olio was designed. Um, but that begs the question of like, what came first? I love asking this question is, was it something around the mechanic being that that harpoon that you have? Or was it more around the story that you wanted to tell? Um, there was a story that changed up. What came first, I think, is the atmospheric elements of the game. Okay. What they what they came up for? I mean, um, Faraday and Olia were central to the very first concepts, uh, drawings and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, what I really really worked on at first was uh, just Faraday work, walking around in a um, in a sort of uh, grim coastal area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With uh, wild, weird creatures, and um, yeah, he, he, I, I, I just did that demo where he would walk around and around uh, you know, shipwrecks and stuff like that by himself. Right. Yeah. And, so, so more of like an environment style of of building out the world first. Yeah. 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 I think it started with the world, and um, I had in mind of at first I wanted Olia to be um, an AI character that would follow the the. Player all the time, but that was too much work, and I, mm-hmm. I had lots of lots of problems uh, with the AI and stuff like that, pathfinding and hell like that. <laughs> so right. the harp the harpoon came after, sort of randomly, because I was looking for, um, I was making, uh, you know, secondary items or weapons or whatever. I was just having fun with a bunch of different mechanics, right. and um, that thing where you can dash to wherever you throw the harpoon, just felt. Uh, naturally fun so I just followed the fun as much as I could because I was having a hard time with the other aspects of the game right and so that's the, I just threw myself in that 
for 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 a few months. I just threw myself into that harpoon fun and combat, and I realized the game was not really what I imagined it was gonna be. But I was like, okay, well, I don't know. This is kind of fun, so yeah. let's go with it. Right. That's fascinating because you look at this game now uh, as as to where it is today, and you would think that that's kind of how the game is. It, it revolves around that harpoon, right? It seems so pivotal to it now because obviously you've put in that time after you designed it. But like when I looked at this game, I figured, oh, this was a, a starting point where you were playing around with a mechanic, that harpoon kind of dash thing. And you were like, how can I build a game around this? Right. Which mm -hmm. is totally not the case, but it's, it's interesting to see that there was the the just stumbling upon something that worked and being like, oh, this is really cool. Let's, you know, explore more into this idea. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think the, I don't think the harpoon uh, fully, is fully uh, exploited as a mechanic. I don't think, I don't think I succeed to iterate it in, uh, in very interesting ways, honestly. Um, I think that this harpoon is more of a, a sort of just, you know, interesting way to, to move around that world mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh in the end what matters the more for me is, is probably the, the world itself all right that makes mm -hmm. sense and it, it is an, an interesting world and it is an interesting you know uh environment that you're painting so i can see getting more lost in that because you know right off the bat I, that's the first thing you you see other than the harpoon mechanic because it is pretty cool but like the art direction for this game and and the way the the world is drawn it seems very unique it's it's got this to me it has this strange attention to detail in certain aspects but then lack of detail in others that i, I really enjoy what inspired hmm. that that like look and feel to the game that's a good question too i mean um my first inspirations were um as probably as some people as some people can tell it was like uh, another world mm -hmm. the game um mm -hmm. and um old games like that you know I'm I'm like I'm like many other developers who who fell for pixel art because of all these um, um, all, all the all the things that he doesn't say. You know what I mean? Um, right. It's it's a very pixel art is a very it can be a, it can be detailed, but overall it, it gives a very blurry image of of the world and characters, and so players can figure out the details like if they were reading a book. And that's something mm. very I think very interesting. Um, and that's probably, that's probably what gives Odia its its blurriness in, in many aspects. Right. Yeah. I I do I do definitely enjoy that, and I I've never heard that that example or you know that that metaphor of treating it like a book and mm -hmm. giving it your own interpretation. But I really do enjoy that. I, I think it makes sense. Um, let's talk about the actual story to this game, though. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about really Olia. And, and kind of why she plays such an important role in this game, because, and this goes to me talking about this harpoon again, and I'm sorry that I keep bringing it up over and over again, but it, like, it was one of those things where when I had first seen this and I didn't know much about it, I thought that that was the name of the harpoon. Huh. So so it's it's interesting to me, and I'm, I'm sure there might be other people who don't look into it so far and they just take it at a, a glance and, and see it that way, but like, what's so important about Olia in comparison to, to everything else in this world, as far as the story is concerned, mm, I think Odia is a. She's she's a. I, I don't know. 
I'm not even sure, you know, what she is. She, I guess she's just that. Um, I think you know. I think that game is partly inspired by uh, by um, my my trips in, in Japan and in a- Asia in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the days when I arrived in Japan, I, I couldn't speak Japanese at all, and so I I had to sometimes communicate with people in a very approximate way, you know, where mm-hmm. we wouldn't speak speak each other's language very well. And I think that um, being far from home and having these friends with who you can't 100% understand fully each other, but you still have some sort of something going on. You can you can tell that this, this person and you have special, a special connection, but you don't really know how or why, because you cannot right. word it. And um, I think that ODI is was came. She, I think she came out of, of that feeling mm-hmm. that I had uh, I had back then, and that feeling of you know meeting yeah new people with very different uh, cultures and and ways, but still being able to feel that there is a, a connection. And that's that, that sort of character. I don't, I'm not sure if you see much in games, you know. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, Olia has all these. Um, there are there are like all these scenes where you can you can go meet Olia to various places of the of the world, and you can interact with her in scripted scene. It's never it's never gameplay related, or almost never. And uh, like these moments of the game are, I think, a bit bizarre because they don't have much to do in. An action game like that, but um, yeah, they're they're also refreshing, and I hope so at least. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. so. I I think it makes sense. I I never would have like thought about that at least from what I got from the demo. But but going into it, you know, when we're able to actually pick up this game and and experience that and understand the characters a little bit more, I think that this will relate to a lot of individuals. As you were describing it, it reminds me of the relationship I have with my my mother in law because. My my wife, her side of the family, all speak Spanish. And when I had uh, met her and you know uh, gotten with her, I really didn't know much. I knew some Spanish, um, but I couldn't communicate with her mother, who only speaks Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those things where I've always been, even even though we couldn't really communicate, I've had a, a, a very close connection to her mother. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it was one of those things where, like, like you mentioned, you kind of didn't know why. You just knew that both people were were uh just respectful of one another and 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 had that that loving uh just quality even though you can't really communicate on the same way as you would if they knew their language and and down the years i was able to learn spanish and and now communicate with her on on a much different level but like still there was always that that um we both knew that that we liked each other as a person but couldn't say the same way that we would have if we we had that same just uh that same language right that common language to to actually talk with one another so i think there's a lot that that you know not just myself but others who will be able to relate to that in a certain way so i'm interested to see more about that character and kind of what that does to the story yeah what you say with your mother knows exactly what i mean i think and uh in these situations it's interesting because where, especially when you're left alone with this, with people whom you can't speak the language, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you, all you all you can do is just trust. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't, yeah, yeah. 
you can't really say feeling words or you can't ask any questions. You can only uh, observe each other, and sometimes all you can do is just trust. And that's very <laughs> that's very different from uh, from what we might experience in um, in our home countries or cultures or with people who uh, with who we, we can talk all the time. Like this non non talking thing is is interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, is that going to be a, a main characteristic throughout this game? I, I, I'm assuming that your character will be able to talk, but I'm, I'm assuming a lot of the inhabitants of this world might not have that same language that you do. Is that the case? Are you going to be communicating through different means in, in most of this game? Can you be a bit more precise? So, uh, I'm sorry, like... As far as like subtitles go, right? As mm -hmm. as far as the actual dialogue in the game, is there going to be a lot of you as a player not being able to communicate with with whether it be Olia or or other inhabitants of the island? Is there going to be a lot more of that up to interpretation oh. kind of okay. thing? Um. Well, yes, I think um, Olia is probably the main. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's definitely the main. Uh, the main. Uh, uh, interaction of that type, but um, you know Faraday, the main character, and Olia have a very common um, point, and they are the only one who has that point. That both never talk, actually. Both of them never talk. Oh, okay, okay. And um, Faraday usually goes by and just hears that people's bullshit. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the, the language is a fake. You know, it's a gibberish language uh, we came up with. And it's just like uh, me basically going around the office and asking people to pretend they're talking something between Japanese and Korean <laughs> and recording okay. them. And um, yeah, I, I don't think there are many other examples of that, but uh, often you're, you're, just, you're just left to listen to what people tell, tell you, you know? Right, right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, but this game is not uh, just, you know, those those interactions. There's also a lot more to that. There's there's this this traversal through the world. There's the the combat elements uh, in the demo. We got a small taste of a few of the enemies and, and a specific boss with some light platforming elements to it. So my my first question around this is just, you know, the variation between types of gameplay and how much you're going to get in this is there going to be a lot of uh you know this this exploring or this this platforming type mechanic or is it going to be more of kind of going from from a boss or like different enemies to fight you know what's the what's the cadence look like as far as gameplay in this so um the usual game loop is that you you have a world map screen, mm -hmm. and, from, and from there you can pick a destination, which is usually a cluster of little islands. Okay. And um, once you start exploring an area, you go from uh, combat phases to platforming phases, and sometimes tiny little puzzle phases, but that's that's more rare. <laughs> gotcha. And, and uh, in general, you'll end up fighting a boss, which will give you a key to unlock a new area, etc. Gotcha. And gotcha. so, yeah, the game sort of um, cuts itself in, in different phases. I'm trying, I'm always trying to separate more as platforming and combat, but sometimes they are mm -hmm. both at the same time as well. Right, um, right. 
I think the main, the core thing is definitely combat. Okay, perfect. The platforming is not very tight. Uh, I don't think it's as precise as actual platformers like you know, Celeste and stuff like that. Right, which, right. Which is a masterpiece, by the way. But um, <laughs> I mean, it's um, yeah, it's it's hard to get to to that level of quality. Celeste is is definitely an amazing game. But but I think you know this is different. This isn't just you saying, "Hey, this game is just a platformer." This is you have those elements, but but the focus is on that combat and that exploration. Yeah, exploration. I mean, that's probably what I was looking for. Exploration, I think, is is a uh, is a very important aspect of, of the game. That in combat. Um, yeah, I think uh, since I went with the flow when I made it, I mm-hmm. and I just naturally went to to these um, aspects of the game. And sometimes, you know, I would force myself, I would give, I would pressure myself to, to put more platforming phases, but I would just realize that it's not very fun. So, you know, why, why would I do it more? Right, right. And I realize yeah, over I mean, time that mm. if it doesn't work, you know, stick with uh, with what's fun in the game and what you have. So I I like it. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. <laughs> So uh, that being said, you do have, you know, the harpoon, obviously, but there were also a couple of additional weapons at your disposal. You had things like it looked like a rapier, a crossbow specifically. Throughout the full game, can we expect, you know, a a plethora of different items or is it going to be more something to the nature of we pick up a few weapons and it's more upgrading weapons like those those few that you have? Um. Actually, so there are only very few uh, secondary weapons. It's only okay. four, and there is no upgrading weapons. Oh, so okay. Um, okay. Um, the only thing that might sort of be similar to an upgrade is probably the, um, the hats. You can right. You can gather uh, components and craft hats. Uh, I think there are a total six or six or seven hats. I don't remember. And uh, all the hats have different powers. Some some will give you life steal. Others, uh, uh, I don't know, like um, allow you to to get faster if you never get hit by enemies and stuff like that. So there, there are hats for um, for various, you know, player types. Right, right. But, uh, I, I mean, I think that's hmm. an interesting addition. What, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Like, why hats? Why, why of all things, are you just upgrading the, the or you know, changing your hat specifically? Well, I'm sure other developers will tell the same thing. Um, it's kind of dumb, but hats are very, very easy to implement, uh, sprite-wise. It's just a 2D sprite, right? right? You just uh-huh. have to attach it to uh, to your dude, and, and, you know, pick like a point, and just say stick to that character, and then you, you have you have a customization. You know, it's it's very simple. Well, <laughs> if it was like I don't know a haircut or a haircut is even okay-ish, but let's say you want to make a an armor or changing you know gloves or or boots system that's that's a, a huge headache compared to just a hat which is a 2d sprite that you can right. just uh, throw in character especially since it's pixel art you can cheat a bit and it doesn't have to be very precise <laughs> um, so that's, that's one of the reasons and the other one is that i just love hats you know hats, hats are awesome i think um, i've always you know uh, looked at um, certain uh, fictional character archetypes such as musketeers and their cool feather hat or you know like uh, lonin samurai with their straw hats right um, right with a with a very i don't know i'm fascinated by these hats i don't know it's like it's like they meant something yeah i'm not I sure why you. but, I get you. Mm. 
All right, I like it. As a person who can't really wear hats, I'm I'm not as as crazy about it. I just I feel like I look dumb in any hat that I put on my head. I don't know why, but but I like the idea of it. Um, it's it's an interesting, you know, just that one kind of caveat to the game where you're like, and there's hats. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask because you mentioned crafting those hats and you mentioned resources. Does that have anything to do with the um? I believe it was a currency, possibly. It was some kind of blue square. It looked like a blue gem of sorts. So when you were defeating enemies, when you were walking through and breaking uh, objects in the world, you were collecting this this type of blue gemmed currency. Is that used for those hats? Is that used for something else? What are they for? Um, the, currency, the blue currency, uh, the gems, they're, uh, they, they're used for about anything. You can use them for... Um, uh, as, yeah, you have to use them for for actually for buying hats they're part of the process of crafting them mm-hmm, yeah. and um, you can also use them to upgrade your max hp and stuff like that so they're they're used to for for you know kind of everything at the same time gotcha okay so any various uh thing you might do in the game you might be buying it with those blue gems got it yeah um so my my next question, I don't have a good segue for this, but uh, based on the images and trailers that I've seen, there's quite a few different environments in this game. So you kind of talked about it with that map, but is this going to be more of a, a linear structure? Is this going to be more of an open map to explore? What does that look like as far as the game's progression? Um, it's a bit of both. So you, over time, you unlock... Uh, different wide uh, areas so you find maps that open um, open new areas and um, as far as the linear thing is concerned you would arrive in an area and be free to roam it go back and forth for the whole duration of the game mm-hmm. and some areas in uh, some places in the, these areas are dungeons and you need uh, these these though are, are just one time dungeons. So when you beat them, you can't uh, you can't uh, go back there. And usually they're very linear. So gotcha. Yeah, it's it's a pretty linear game. You know, like it's, it's definitely not the Metroidvania or stuff like that. You, right, you right. That. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And about how long are we thinking that this will take to complete the game? So if I wanted to say start this the minute it comes out, right? How mm-hmm. how long on average do you think this would take for me to complete? I think most of people take four or five hours. Okay, so a good chunk of of content there. Hmm, a bit too much. And And is this something where there's like, uh, you know, four to five hours if you're just running through it, or are there different places to explore and find like secrets? Like, is there a completionist version of this? Uh, Yeah, there are some collectibles to find uh, hidden around the world. Okay. But... um... Four to five hours is if you kind of take your time, but not, not you know, completionist version. I think if you really right. rush the game, you can probably do it in three and three and three hours and thirty minutes or something. But uh, yeah, if you really take your time, you can be up to six hours. I think five six hours. Right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm sure once the game comes out, someone will find a way to speed run it and do it in ten minutes for some reason. That's I just how so. people are. <laughs> but but if yeah the. The, the way that I'll probably play is more of that four hour, five hour range. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to, to actually check this out. Um, I do have just one final question. 
Yeah. Uh, and this is all about, this isn't about uh, the game itself. I always just like to wrap these up with some advice uh, because, you know, you yourself have been working on now uh, two projects and I'm sure you picked up a couple of tips or tricks along the way. That being said, if someone wanted to get into the indie game space, you know, they're interested, they want to create their own games. What advice would you give them if you could pick, you know, like one or two things? I guess what comes naturally, uh, I mean, I don't have such a great experience in making games, but uh, what I would say is game jams, obviously. Right. Game jams are are the way to make games, you know, it's especially when you're a solo developer or something close to it, like me. Um, <laughs> I think game jams are, are um, they, they give you a, a perspe- perspective that normal, um, a normal pacing in making a game doesn't give you. Um, so my first advice would be to just do a bunch of game jams as much as possible and um, if, it, if it's fun, just do it over and over again. I'm, I'm personally obsessed with game jam. I think they're, they're so great. Um, and my other advice, uh, if I have one, would be to not not care, but not care too much about <laughs> what you're making. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not care too much about what you're making. Also, all right. All, all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right well, that's an interesting way to put it I, i'm sure i'm sure there's there is a lot of merit to that though about not being too uh you know overly worried or cautious about about the the actual project you're on and, and having some uh willingness to experiment a little bit um, yeah and yeah it's... game jams i i hear from so many people are just so important in this space mm-hmm now, uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on. For those listening, Olia will be available for PC and Switch. Is it also coming to Xbox and PlayStation? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, okay. It, it, was, it was announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Okay, so PC, Switch, Xbox, PlayStation. It's all coming on January 28th. So if you're listening to this episode the day that this episode airs, that means it actually comes out tomorrow which is pretty cool. So if you're listening to this right now, definitely keep an eye out because the game will be out tomorrow. Uh, if you thought any of it sounds interesting, be sure pick up a copy, maybe go to Steam, wishlist it if maybe you can't get it right away, but you want to, you know, help out the developer with some discoverability. Once again, uh, Domat, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for having me. <laughs>